This is the story of Zacchaeus from Luke chapter 19. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Good morning. Just as we were worshipping, um, had a picture of um, rain falling, sort of water falling, and was reminded of a word from the, one of the prophets, I will sprinkle clean water on them. And I just feel the Lord would remind us this morning that he's doing that with us this morning, sprinkling clean water on us. We are in Luke 19, and my question to start with is if you were making a film of Luke 19 with the Zacchaeus story, who would you cast as Zacchaeus? Have a think about it or talk to the person next to you. 30 seconds. Okay, good. I'm going to put the person I thought of, and if you thought of the same person, could you just pop your hand up? Yeah, isn't it? Danny DeVito, because there's a sort of bubbliness to him. Um, in Batman, he played the, the crime lord, the penguin, and tax collectors were seen as sort of criminals in the time of Jesus. So before we get into this, let's just pray. Oh, Lord, we do thank you for your word, and we do ask, come, Lord Jesus, come, Holy Spirit, we need you today. Would you open up our hearts and guide us this morning as we go through this story? To you be all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, setting a prisoner free, and Zacchaeus was a prisoner 
in a manner of speaking, is in the remit of Jesus right from the beginning. So if we remember, after Jesus' baptism, after his testing in the wilderness, he comes back into his hometown and he's in a service, the Sunday service, and gets the scroll out in the synagogue, reads from Isaiah 61. And he finds this and he says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. And that word anointing, the Hebrew mashak, means smearing with oil or pouring with oil in a kind of way that you're setting the thing, you're consecrating a person or an object for the purpose of God. It's the word used in Leviticus 8. It says Moses poured some of the anointing oil on Aaron's head and anointed him to consecrate him. And after that event, Aaron was set apart in his generation for something special, something priestly, serving the Lord. And Jesus said that, that the anointing was on him because the Spirit was on him. Remember after he was baptized, came up out of the water, voice came from heaven, this is my son, I'm so delighted. The Spirit was there. And after that, things were really different. Jesus had a, a ministry, wasn't there before, was there afterwards. The Spirit of the Lord is on me to proclaim freedom to the captives. And this was right through Jesus' ministry. People who were in some way restrained, in some way chained by sin or guilt or sickness, being set free. Praise God. And so this leads us to Zacchaeus. And in the first century, the perception of tax collectors among Jews was that they were basically criminals. Tax collecting was outsourced by the occupying Romans, and the highest bidder could win a contract for an area. And so there was opportunity there for a tax collector to put in a bid, say how much they would pay the Romans, and then actually make quite a lot of money by charging more taxes, charging taxes twice, imports, exports, road tax, collecting this money. A, a section of it would go off to Rome to help the occupiers. And then, in, the, in this case, certainly, uh, the tax collectors could become wealthy through this process. So this made them not very popular. When John the Baptist was baptizing, some tax collectors came to him, and it said that even tax collectors came to be baptized. Teacher, they asked, what should we do? And John the Baptist said, don't collect any more than you are required to. So there's a bit of corruption going on. And this wasn't good for people. It meant that there was some oppression in the area, people were shortchanged, um, tax collectors could be profiteering, and so there was a, an injustice, which was an effect of the way that they were collecting taxes. And Jesus said, didn't he, very difficult for a rich person to come into the kingdom of God, this wealth that the tax collectors had could be a barrier. And that's why this story is such a, a sort of a hymn to the redemptive purpose that nothing is impossible with God. The verse tells us, Luke 19 tells us, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead, climbed a sycamore tree to see him, uh, since Jesus was coming that way. This is a sycamore tree 
in Jericho. It's called the sycamore of Zacchaeus. It's meant to be the sycamore tree that Zacchaeus was in. I'm not quite sure that sort of stacks up, but it's a, a popular sort of site there. But we get the idea of, of the species of tree that Zacchaeus climbs. And then when Jesus walks under this tree, looks up, sees Zacchaeus, and says, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed Jesus gladly. So we've got Zacchaeus coming into the zone of Jesus, if you like, drawing these interested, heard about this figure, this a reputation, is, who is this person, is this ministry, these healings. And then you've got Jesus calling Zacchaeus, come closer, and then you've got Zacchaeus responding. So there's a call and a response. When I was at university in Bath, I stayed with um, a fellow student called Mark, who later became a curate here at St. Mark's in Salisbury. And Mark had become a Christian whilst at university, and I'd become a Christian just a couple of years before that. And we had a mutual friend who was a dance student. We were in the same church. We'd occasionally go off to conferences. And this mutual friend, this girl, once said, you know, sometimes I'm in these meetings or at a conference, there's a call for prayer, and I'm never quite sure if I'm the one who's meant to be responding to that. And Mark said, I go forward every time for prayer. And then a couple of weeks later, we were in a cafe, and this girl said, I've been going forward every time for prayer, and I'm doing so much better. In Bethel Church, where they've had lots of physical healings, sometimes they've spoken to people after these healings, and they've very often found that there's some response, some act of faith, just before the healing, and on occasions, it's just been someone stepping into an aisle. As we look in the Gospels, we do see that there is faith often before healing. Bartimaeus, who was blind, called out to Jesus. The healing followed. A woman with an issue of blood reached out through a crowd, pushed through to Jesus. A healing followed. A paralyzed man is taken up onto a roof and lowered down through a crowd. He, that man is healed. There's faith of his friends. And here there's a call of Jesus, and Zacchaeus responds. And Zacchaeus says, I'm coming to dinner with you, Zacchaeus. Eating together was a real sign of fellowship in the first century for Jews. They, they wouldn't eat with people outside of their people group. It was a sign that they were the same, the same body of people. And so for Jesus to eat with Zacchaeus is saying, look, we're going to do some fellowship here. Jesus is going to speak. And what an act of grace. There's just so much kindness around this scene, this atmosphere of kindness. When I was 19, I just finished school, got a job at Salisbury Railway Station working for a company called Rail Gourmet. It was packet sandwiches, cans of Diet Cokes on one of these trolleys. Perhaps a bit of an ambitious name for that particular service. But it was a new company. I, I um, started, and it was a really good sort of job. The train would go down to Exeter, along that beautiful bit of coastline to Pington, and then all the way back up through Salisbury, up to Waterloo, back to Salisbury. That was a typical shift. The second day of doing this job, I, I, I did the, the run down to Paynton, back up. I'm stopping at Salisbury to get some new supplies, and my manager at Salisbury meets me on the platform and says, I need to talk to you. There's a problem. 
and we're going to travel together up to London. So my manager gets on the train, sat opposite, and, and he said, yesterday, you were seen in Waterloo Station by one of the bosses of Rail Gourmet without the right trousers on. That's, and he said, this is a new company, smart, we've got to think about appearance. I said, I'm sorry, I, I, I wasn't aware of the dress code. And then he spent some time going through Rel Gourmet, how they were getting on, sort of, you know, great business. So, we're talk so he's talking on this train ab about what had happened and the objectives of the company. And we were on the, uh, the line through Romsey back up to Waterloo. And Romsey Station is on a, uh, a slope like this. And I don't remember if, I, if I'd forgotten to put the brakes on the trolley on or if I'd put them on and they'd slipped off. But whilst we're just finishing this conversation, whilst things are just okay, Train stops, doors open, and my trolley flies out the train. All the money falls onto the platform, uh, stuff all falls out, and Romsey um, Station is on a slope, and so cans of lilt were rolling into a field. And um, my manager came out, and I just thought, this is the end. You know, I am not going to be sort of coming back here. And he was so gracious, and he just smiled, and he understood and got back on the train, and I think he sort of explained how the trolley brakes worked, and <laughs> it was such an extension of grace, and I get that impression here with Zacchaeus, that there's Jesus here, so much grace going out to Zacchaeus. And so Jesus goes to the house of Zacchaeus, and they're eating together, people are murmuring, ah, oh, he's a sinner, you know, should, should this be going on? But um, then Zacchaeus, he stands up and says, Lord, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. The grace of Jesus led to change. Zacchaeus had this area in his life. For him, it was money. And it wasn't God's best for him. And Zacchaeus was willing to make a shift in that area. The grace of God doesn't give us a license to carry on in our own will. Grace enables us to change. And this reminds me of Paul's letter to the Thessalonians. And Paul begins his letter to these Christians. We know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you. And that's so beautiful. These people are being held in the love of God. That's a constant for them. Then at the end of the epistle, Paul says, May the God of peace himself make you completely holy, and may your spirit and soul and body be kept entirely blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So with this community, there was grace, and it was enabling change for them. Before I became a Christian, when I was 19, I was a smoker and had tried multiple times to give up smoking, and I would always end up back in the shop, you know, can I have some, or, you know, asking a friend, can I have some cigarettes? It was so difficult to give up, but after I'd encountered the forgiveness of Jesus, the presence, his love, I just became aware that this smoking wasn't his best for me, and it became actually much more natural just to let that habit die off. And Jesus responds and says, today salvation has come to this household because Zacchaeus too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save 
the lost. He calls Zacchaeus a son of Abraham. When Abraham was called, it wasn't because he was really good. It says that his, he was in a family of idol worshippers. But Abraham responded in faith. He believed God and he obeyed God. And it says in Genesis, Abraham believed the Lord and that was credited to him as righteousness. Abraham heard God, believed it, acted on it. That's like Zacchaeus. He heard, heard the Lord. He fellowship with the Lord and he acted on it responds and then there's this obedience in his life and because Zacchaeus changes there are happy tidings in his tax jurisdiction letters come through the post the following week from HMRC we got your tax wrong we're sorry about here's your rebate so the area that he had some influence in there was actually this justice being worked out in that area and lives being in change blessings flowing through that and well, I can just imagine Jesus with his arm around Zacchaeus, Danny DeVito, and saying, look, look at this change. This is what I came for, to meet people, extend grace, and to bring them onto the path of life. Well, why don't we respond? If you're comfortable and can do so, why don't we stand? And I'd just encourage you um, to put your hands in front of you like this. Why don't we do that now? And Lord, we do thank you for your grace. We thank you you give us so many chances to begin again and that underneath are your everlasting arms. And I just pray for anyone here who's felt like they're driving under a, a yoke of the law or trying to be good enough, Lord. I, I just ask that you will um, impart that truth of your grace to hearts this morning.